Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. We're the podcast for parents with young children, and we know that life with kids is messy, but we're here to celebrate those messes, from spilled milk to emotions spilling out of little volcanoes. And you know what? We really believe in you. You got this, and you're not alone. I just want you to know a little something about your host. Karen Deerwester is an educator, author, and all-in cheerleader for kids being kids. Karen has been a corporate spokesperson as well as a reasonable and reliable voice for kids and parents in print and on TV on NBC, MSNBC, NPR, Parents Magazine, and many more. Best of all, Karen leads the parent-child classes right here at B'nai Torah Congregation of Boca Raton, Florida. Get ready for some fun, a ton of encouragement, and maybe a little inspiration. Hi, everyone. Today's podcast is on pacifiers, comfort objects, and letting go. Comfort objects are very personal to young children. The attachments are deep and powerful, and it's not always easy for parents to know how and when to help the child transition to other forms of comfort and security. Letting go at any age is a complicated process. It's based on the depth of the attachment, the individuality of the person, and the developmental and emotional skills available to support that transition. Pacifiers present really difficult challenges that security blankets and loveys don't because of the possible dental concerns. So we were hoping to have a pediatric dentist with us tonight, but unfortunately both of our guests have canceled at the last minute because of children's illnesses. But so they can only imagine the position that the pediatric dentists of the world take because of the pacifiers. You're going to hear the whole range of answers and recommendations when you talk to friends, to pediatricians, and to dentists. Will it matter? Doesn't it matter? I can't answer that question for you. What I can answer is that after three years of age, It gets more and more complicated on what's the right thing to do, and there will be just as many people who are going to tell you it didn't matter as there are people that will tell you that it did matter. What I can talk to you about is the emotional connection, the emotional transitions, and the emotional strategies that might help your child make the transition to letting that prize and precious object go in order to self-manage, to self-soothe, and to find other age-appropriate strategies that are comforting and soothing and relaxing and peaceful, that will not interfere with teeth, that won't interfere with language development, and that won't even interfere with the social dimension of people or children or peers judging them for having this pacifier. So it's just me in the podcast with you tonight. My apologies, um, but we want to continue this conversation about pacifiers on our Facebook page. We want to continue it in every way that we can. And here in South Florida, on the campus of B'nai Torah Congregation, we are going to be launching our pacifier tree. And the pacifier tree is a way to publicly share young children's emotional journeys. It's a way to say, we recognize that this is hard for you, and we will create a tradition and a celebration 
and a friend that's a tree that will help you um, and take kind of the parent out of the equation. Now, is the pacifier tree better than a pacifier tooth fairy of sorts? I think yes, because it's something that the child can see in their neighborhood, at their school, in their community. We learned about the pacifier tree tradition from cities in Denmark that have these in their public parks, that have them at their playgrounds, on their school campuses. And so we very much want to offer that same comfort, convenience, and sacredness to the joys and struggles of early childhood for the children that we see on a regular basis. So the pacifier tree will be here at B'nai Torah Congregation in Boca Raton, Florida as of February 10th. And what we want you to know is that it's a magical tree that the children can get to know as a friend, a tree that will hold their pacifiers for them when they no longer need them. It's a friend who was there just to, to, to know that, that, that other children have trusted this tree, that they're there, that they don't disappear into thin air, but that those pacifiers live on but that they find other ways to soothe, to comfort, and to feel peaceful, to feel strong, to feel brave, and to feel courageous. The other thing is we don't take the pacifiers away from children. It, it cannot be our choice. Now, as with all difficult challenges, with potty training, with trans, transition classes into schools, some children need a little push. Some children need that confidence that says, I know you're ready, even though you're not ready. But it's still always collaborative. It's still always a partnership. And if a parent is going to steer with a little more heavily handedness, then I want this, the parent to steer it almost invisibly. Um, and then, and then really, it's, it's a gamble that a parent takes, the same as when you take a diaper away from a child who needs that final oomph to get over the hump with potty training, is that you just, you, you really have to, it's a leap of faith in yourself and in your child, and you better be ready there to hold pieces together if you were wrong or if you pushed too hard or too fast. But in the end, it's the child's choice when they give up the pacifier. But we can create a relationship and a transition process so the child can trust us, trust themselves, and trust that the world won't end when they do let it go. So if your child is on the fence with their pacifier, I'm really, I'm ready to break the black and whiteness of this choice and say, you know what, if you have 10 pacifiers, maybe you'll give me one to put on the pacifier tree. Maybe you'll just test it because those children with slow to warm up personalities, they need to build confidence slowly. They need to experiment and see if I hang that one pacifier and I still have nine more, do I still feel okay? Does it feel like a tragic loss or can I survive it? And maybe if I can survive one, I can put another one up next week and another one up the next week and watch my pacifiers dwindling but also giving me time to prepare for a sad moment, for a heartfelt moment that I'm not ready to embrace eagerly, but I can get there slowly with confidence. So I do have a little sheet of tips 
on how to engage your child or your family in the pacifier tree experience. The first one is make friends with the pacifier tree long before it's time to give up those pacifiers. Think about it in the same way we think about potty training, potty learning. We don't take children's diapers away on the first day that they're ready and say, go ahead, use that potty. We don't introduce a potty chair in the bathroom on the day they're ready to be potty trained. It's there at 18 months. It's there long before two. They sit on it with their clothes on it. They sit on it and feel what it's like to not have a diaper on it. They experiment with it. They become friends. Children in early childhood have very personal relationships with the objects in their world, whether it's a pacifier or whether it's a potty chair, whether it's their shoes or whether it's the snuggly that they hold at bedtime. So allow them to have personal relationships and let your child talk to the tree, say good morning to the tree, say good night to the tree. Let your child see whose pacifiers are on there. Let them live in it. Let them see that pacifiers don't have to be something that you keep forever. In the same way that for potty learning, there comes a day when you know, whether I'm ready or not today, that one day I'm going to give up diapers completely and I'm going to wear underpants, just like mommy, just like daddy, just like my friends, just like my brothers and sisters. So let it be a gradual process um, or let it be a tradition and an experience that's threaded through their lives, not in a panic. Oh, give it to the tree now. We found something that you, we, we parents desperately finding something to do with what they do and in a solution that they wouldn't have known before. No, no, it's not like that. It's a gentle, heartwarming, heartfelt, respectful process. And then imagine how it must feel to, to be trusting and to feel safe before letting that pacifier go. If I, if I need that pacifier to calm down, and, and you know that from the time they were babies, that that sucking is a, is a physical soothing. You know, hello, everybody that, that uses food or smoking or any of the other oral things that adults do to bring themselves um, stress management. This is a stress management strategy. So let's help our children substitute other things and not pull the carpet out from under them and let them be out there flailing and desperate and lost and scared. Let them know, I know, it's going to feel weird not to have the pacifier. It's not, we need something else for you to have at nighttime. You can and look at all of those wonderful books where children can find ways to, to be peaceful and calm in their beds, um, especially um, in their beds. But also, you know, just after they've had a bad day and they need to recharge and regroup, you can show them that there are other ways to manage those challenging emotions. So part of that trust experience is them knowing that they're not going to be deserted, alone, and lost when they give up that pacifier. And so maybe it's as simple as, finding those ways to communicate and have them believe you that you're going to be them to be there to help them should they need some comfort. You'll be there to help them if they feel sad without their pacifier. It doesn't mean if they're lost and scared and overwhelmed and confused that you're going to go out and buy new pacifiers, but it means I know I can hold you 
and I can hold those emotions that are really overwhelming for you right now. Um, my favorite line is when, when children are taking on big challenges, you got this. I believe in you. I know you can find your way through this and I will help you find the strategies to do it. But behind that, you got this, is I've got you. I will be there with unconditional love and support, not giving in, not feeling panic as the grown-up, not feeling desperate as the adult, but feeling like I can really be there to, to comfort and soothe and find other ways for you to get through the strategy, to get through the, the tragedy of the loss. And honor that emotional bond. This is a need. This is an emotional bond to, to a very, very special object. And then what you want to do is begin to teach new emotional strategies. What are those? First, it's words. I feel sad. I miss my passy. I liked it in my mouth. I know. It felt really good. But remember, it hurts your teeth. It hurts the, it hurts the way your mouth forms. Tell them that you want them to have strong, healthy teeth. Tell them that you love their smile and that you know it's hard to give up the pacifier, but you can help them um, talk about it, feel the loss, and be able to go forward. So what else? You can show them photos of the passies. You can show them photos of the pacifier tree. You can say, remember when your mouth was little and it was okay to have it. I mean, children give up breastfeeding. They give up bottles. They can still remember that it was an object that they loved, but that it's time now to move on to other special things. What else? What are the new routines? Um, your children might invent those on their own. It might be stroking a blanket. It might be twirling their hair. It might be finding a different way to sing themselves or hum a lullaby. And you could say humming. You know, hum, twinkle, twinkle, little star when it's time to go to sleep. But share the stories, share the comfort, and share that transition process, giving them time. Don't be afraid of time um, because you're learning about yourself, you're learning about your child. Um, and yes, it'll take a little while to find out how to get over it. But also remember, even as grown-ups, how do we go on diets? How do we change our habits? How do we give up smoking? How do we give up those strategies that felt right, but that weren't really great successful strategies for us? Now you want to take that back decades and give children the resilience and the resourcefulness to manage emotions and change and all of those big, big things in their lives. Allow your child to choose when to let go. Now that's a tricky one, as I said before, because sometimes they need that little extra help, push, or a partner that's going to be there with them. And so if you feel like the time has really come and, and you've tried the cutting of the, the, the nipple on the pacifier and you've put the hole in it so that it doesn't have the same sucky feeling for your child and you've done all those other things and you've done the countdown so instead of putting them in the crib with six pacifiers, maybe they only get one or they're only using it at bedtime and not at nap time. You start doing that very short term. How do I, how do I manage these situations with less? Um, and you can go gradually. 
Generally speaking, slow to warm up personalities, slow to warm up temperament, do things better gradually. But intense temperament, they're going to be angry the whole step of the way. They are intense. They are zero to 60 when the world is not doing things the way they want them to do it. It's in their DNA. You can't change that process. And sadly, you can't make it easier except by pulling the Band-Aid off quickly and maybe going a little bit more cold turkey. So let's say they have 12 pacifiers in the bed. Instead of counting down 12, 10, 11, 10, 9, 8, down to zero, what you could do is let them have all 12, but do the countdown on the calendar um, and pick a day that's a landmark day, um, you know, in two weeks or when summer begins or, you know, on your birthday or on your half birthday, try to, or when we're on, when we come back from vacation, think of the logistics that will make it easiest for you to be able to teach new skills to your child. Um, so yes, the strategies can be short, um, can be introduced gradually or, or, um, in a black and white deadline way, but either way, it's an understanding of your child's temperament and personality, your ability to do things either quickly or slowly. If it's going to frustrate you, they might be better off having a calm parent, but a stressful three days um, with mom and dad at their most resourcefulness and supportiveness rather than mom and dad getting frustrated and impatient through the process. Create the emotional bridge to the other side. Be there for your child. Um, again, this is all about social emotional learning. It's about emotional literacy and it's about you being the emotion coach for your child because as much as this is about a pacifier, it's, a it's really about emotional skill building, problem solving, resilience, and flexibility. None of those are easy concepts, but with some, with some pre-planning, some support from your friends and from other people who've been through it, you can find the strategies that work for you and your child. Um, and it might be trial and error. I mean, you might fail a few times, but think about the things that work really well for your child and, and start there. Um, I've watched a mom um, sitting uh, in, our, in, our school, in our school sofa, the purple sofas you've heard of here before, and, and her daughter has trouble um, making it to class without the passy. So she, she gives her a few minutes on the passy on the purple sofas. You can do that. It's a, still a deadline and it's your child giving up that pacifier, even if it's hard for them. You're giving them the time to do it gradually. And then you can decrease the amount of time or the decrease the amount of days that she needs to do it. So it won't be easy, um, but it's not easy for grown-ups either to make change. So um, approach them through kid logic, um, and that's where I believe the pacifier tree is this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful process because even after they say goodbye to it, you can revisit the tree as often as you like. And I do believe that telling children stories about themselves, about how proud they can be at the choices they make, at how much they're growing, at how much they're learning, at how they're capable of doing things that even they didn't know they were able to do, is building a foundation for your child that will last a lifetime. So you can do this. You've got this. 
I wish I had some more stories here at the table to share with you tonight. Um, but if you're free on February 10th, come join us for a lovely Tuba Shvat celebration experience where we launch our pacifier tree. Or come visit the tree anytime you like. Thank you so much, and thanks for listening. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow. Listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey. Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 wait. We're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook. That's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www.familytimeinc.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to The Front and The Follow for the song listen. We are listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.